Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right. Let's give it a shot. Okay. Should we like introduce ourselves? Though? I think this is a great introduction. Go ahead, Gabby. Okay. My name's Gabby. Hi, Gabby. I'm Rob. Hi. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to tell Rob about some piece of art in this episode. It'll be a song and what it's based on or what inspired it. Do I know this song? Is It's... um. Pioneer to the Falls by Interpol. Oh, yeah, sure. I know Interpol for sure. Okay. I think I've heard that song. I'm not sure. Well, I would play it for you, but you can't play songs on podcasts, so. Copyrights. Yeah, but you can listen to it. I'll listen to it later for sure. Yeah. And I, we recommend that you do the same. Yes. Maybe pause this right now. Check it out and come back. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is fun. Um. Yeah, super fun and really weird. <laughs> All right, so I'll just start telling you about it. Let me also say that I looked up like if Interpol had ever really like talked about it, mm-hmm. and they haven't really. I think the only thing that they said was the song title. I thought the song title was obvious enough. Oh, okay. Um, but they haven't really like gone more in depth about it. So the song is based on the murder of Amet. St. Gian, I think is how you pronounce her name. Mm. Um, okay, so on February 25th, 2006, at 8.43 p.m., an anonymous call was made to the police in Brooklyn. The caller told dispatchers there was a dead woman's body on Fountain Avenue. When police arrived at the area, they found the woman wrapped up in a comforter with all her clothes removed. Investigators soon identified her as Amet St. Gian, a graduate student at John Jay College's criminal justice program. And before I tell you about the murder, I'm going to tell you about who Amet was. Um, she was born in Boston on March 2nd, 1981 to Semundo Guillen and Marine St. Hilaire. And her father immigrated to America from Venezuela. Her mom was French-Canadian. And her parents chose to combine their last names to create Amet's surname, St. Guillen, from St. Hilaire and Guillen. Oh, right. So the Saint and Guillen, that's kind of like a, is that like an amalgamation of the two names? Is that how you say that? No. Oh. 
I don't remember what the word is to describe that, but it's not that. Um, Can somebody leave that in the comments, please? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's really cool, by the way, that they did that. I do too. So her father had a master's degree in criminal justice, and he worked as a counselor for drug addicts. This seems to be a catalyst in a Met's interest in criminal justice. But unfortunately, her dad passed away when Amet was nine years old. Um, so she graduated in 1999 from high school and went to George Washington University for undergrad. After graduating magna cum laude from George Washington University, she attended John Jay College of Criminal Justice to get her master's. And she was so close to graduating before she was murdered, which is really, really devastating. Um, Because she was murdered on February 26th, and she would have graduated uh, in May 2006. So... She was in the top 5% of her class at the time of her murder, and she was interested in rehabilitation for criminals. Her work was centered on the U.S. prison industrial complex relative to prisons in other countries. She was a bright, beautiful young lady whose future was bound to be filled with success, and it's heartbreaking that her life was cut short so brutally. That sounds terrible. Let's go back to the crime scene. She was found naked, wrapped up in a comforter. Investigators described the comforter to be commercial style with a floral pattern and posited that it may have come from a nearby hotel. Emmett's hands and feet were bound. A sock was stuffed down her throat and her face was covered with clear packing tape. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Small red fibers were found on the tape. Um, I won't go into detail about all of her injuries out of respect for her, but I will say that she was found to have been raped and sodomized. Um, She had bruising around her neck and her windpipe had been crushed. She had some defensive wounds suggesting she fought back really hard and strangely some of her hair had been cut off. Um, They concluded that she had died from asphyxiation. Investigators tried to piece together her last night. Um, Emmett had gone down to Florida to celebrate her birthday with her sister and her mom, and then she took a plane back to New York City. Once she was back in New York City, she met up with her best friend Claire, and they went bar hopping. By 2.30 a.m., some sources said 3.30 a.m., her best friend was tired and wanted to go home, so they had a discussion about leaving, but Emmett wasn't ready. Claire ended up leaving Amet at the Pioneer Bar, and she was concerned about Amet being out alone, so she called her 30 minutes later to check in. Amet assured her she was fine and mentioned she had gone to another bar, but would, be, but would be leaving shortly. So the last bar that she was seen at was that second bar that she went to. Um, it's called The Falls, and that was around 4 a.m. Yep. Um. So, police disseminated pictures of the comforter alongside a description of it in hopes that somebody may recognize it. Because, like I said, it was, they thought that it might have been from a nearby motel or hotel. Um, They publicly pled for the anonymous caller to come forward. And they knew where he had called from. It was a payphone located about a mile away from the crime scene in front of a restaurant called Lindenwood Diner. So a $42,000 reward was offered for information on her murder, and in the meantime, investigators continued to follow leads and analyze the evidence they had collected. Okay. 
Police followed up with Claire, who recalled a man who had tried to hit on Amet at the Pioneer Bar. Amet had apparently turned him down, but police were able to clear him. They looked through case records to see if they could identify any other crimes with a similar M.O., and they came across a report that detailed the sexual assault of a woman by a cab driver on February 12th of that year. After assaulting the victim, the cab driver threw her out of his car, and this occurred less than a mile from where Amet's body had been dumped. Police spoke with the victim, and she helped them release a sketch of the driver. This must have spooked the suspect because he turned himself in and confessed to the assault of the woman on February 12th, but he swore he had nothing to do with Amet's murder. Investigators collected his DNA and analyzed his cell phone records, and they successfully ruled him out. So, eventually, police got their hands on Amet's financial records where they saw a charge at the Falls Bar the night of her murder. So, um, employees at the bar gave conflicting stories about that night. Some recalled seeing her, but others said they didn't recognize her. One of the um, employees who said they didn't recognize her was the manager. His name was Danny Dorian. Um, and his family owned this bar and they owned other bars throughout New York City. Um, this is the second bar? Yeah, the Falls. The Falls, right. So um, given the mixed response, police got a search warrant for the Falls. And a few days later, Danny Dorian, the manager, and his attorney came in to speak with police. Dorian admitted he lied to investigators when they first came to question him when he said that he hadn't seen her. Why did he lie? He well, lied because... What? Maybe you'll get to that. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Okay, cool. So the reason that he said he lied was because of a previous murder that happened in New York City. Um, it's called the Preppy Murder. A lot of people... The Preppy Murder? Yeah, a lot of people are aware of it. You might not be, though. The Preppy Murder was the highly publicized murder of Jennifer Levin. She was killed by Robert Chambers after he saw her at Dorian's Red Hand, which is a bar in Manhattan. Dorian's Red Hand was owned by Danny Dorian's father, and apparently business was hurt by the news that a murdered woman was seen at Dorian's Red Hand shortly before she was murdered. Oh, so, so, so he was afraid that the same thing would happen... To the other bar. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, Not an excuse, but I get it, I guess. Yeah, it's still pretty fucked up, though. Right. Um, And actually really fucked up. You'll see why later. Okay. Or actually kind of right now. But um, <laughs> so Dorian told detectives that he actually had seen him at the bar the night she was murdered. And he had one of his bouncers, a man named Daryl Littlejohn, walk him out of the bar after last call. Investigators' ears perked up as Dorian recalled the situation because Little John was one of the other employees they had interviewed, and he told them that he didn't recognize her when they showed him a picture. Hmm. Um, that is kind of weird, considering he literally walked her out of the bar, so it seems strange to investigators that... He claimed he didn't recognize her. I'm not an investigator, and that seems strange to me. Yeah. Right. Um, when police looked into Daryl Littlejohn, they realized he was a parolee. Because of this, he should not have been employed as a bouncer at the Falls Bar. It was clear the Falls did not do a proper background check on him, and this might have been another reason why Danny, 
didn't want to tell investigators that they had or that he had seen her because they weren't doing everything by the book. I don't know if at the time if it was illegal for people on parole to be bouncers, but just the job description in hours alone would have for sure ruled out parolees because he had to be or at least him because I think he curfew. had a curfew or actually no he had a curfew and he was staying out past his curfew right on um hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So... His crimes include armed robbery, armed bank robbery, assault, selling drugs, possession of firearms, among other things. And all in all, he had seven felony convictions and he had served multiple stints in prison. Hmm. Investigators arrest Little John on a parole violation, which was staying out past his 10 p.m. curfew to work at the falls while they continued to investigate him. They got a search warrant for his cell phone records, which proved his phone was in the area where Amet's body was found around the time of her murder. A search of his home pre- provided detectives with even more evidence. Most obviously, he had red carpet, and if you remember from the beginning, they found red fibers on the tape that was surrounding her face. Yeah. Um, and when they tested them, the fibers matched. So they were also able to match Little John's DNA to the blood found on the zip ties used to bind Emmett's hands and feet. And they found touch DNA that matched him on a snow brush that was found near Emmett's body. A snow brush? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for your car? Yes. Oh, okay. Like clear the windows off of it? Okay. Yes. Um. So the blanket used to wrap Emmett up was also found to contain a hair that matched to his mother and semen that was matched to his brother Reggie, Reggie Harris. Um, and this is kind of this is pretty gross because um, Reggie died in 1994. Mm-hmm. This murder happened in 2006, and that semen was found on the blanket so i don't know like how quickly semen deteriorates or how easily it is to get out of a blanket if you put it in the like washing machine but i don't know i just feel like over what is that 12 years like it would have been washed enough for the semen to not be on there but i could be wrong um so 
Soon after the news reported on Little John's alleged involvement in Emmett's murder, a woman named Shania Woodard came forward to tell police about her terrifying encounter with Little John. Shania said she recognized Little John's van because it was the same vehicle he used when he abducted her. She recalled how in October of 2005, Little John, donning a uniform that said fugitive agent and with a gun on his belt, approached her as she walked back home from York College. He asked for her ID and thinking he was a police officer, she complied. He quickly grabbed her and handcuffed her as she asked if she could call her sister. He told her no before pushing her into his van. Shanai, still handcuffed, tried to get up and open the van door, but Little John stopped the van and punched her in the head before throwing a jacket over her so she couldn't see. As the van began moving again, Shanai tried to pull herself up to open the door again, and this time she was successful. So when she opened the door, she tumbled out of the van, and little kids were playing right there where she tumbled out. So Little John just continued driving while Shanai ran to the first door she could see, obviously. Um, crime scene investigators processed Little John's van and found Shania's DNA in the back of it. So Little John was charged with this crime and en- ended up going to trial for it before his trial for Amet started. Good. Um, he was ultimately convicted of kidnapping and unlawful imprisonment of Shania, and he was sentenced to 25 years. Um, Shania was allowed to testify at the trial for Amet's murder. Another victim was also allowed to testify. The other victim testified that Little John, again dressed as a police officer, approached her in his car asking for her ID. She told him she did not have it as he grabbed her, handcuffed her, and threw her into his vehicle. He flashed his gun and threw his jacket over her head as she begged him not to kill her. He drove her to a house and pulled her out of the car with her head still covered. She sensed concrete and mold when she got into the house so she told the prosecutor that she thought she might have been taken to a basement Mm. little john then put a knit cap over her head and wrapped duct tape around the whole thing and he handcuffed one of her arms to the bed so obviously the wrapping tape over the knit cap over her head was very similar to what he did to a mat um he went on to sexually assault the victim and after he finished assaulting her He subjected her to more humiliation by rubbing her genitals with alcohol and forcing her to gargle mouthwash, presumably hoping it would get rid of DNA evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Little John's attorney, Joyce David, tried to keep both victims' testimony out of the trial, but the judge allowed it, stating there were striking similarities between all three crimes. His lawyer tried to poke holes in both victims' testimony, saying Shania was unable to pick Little John out of a lineup and stating that both victims' descriptions did not describe Little John perfectly, but both of their heads were covered, and in the time that their heads weren't covered, there was obviously a lot going on. Yeah. Joyce David tried to pin the crime on David Dorian, the manager, claiming Amat must have died while having rough sex with Dorian, who then tried to frame Little John in order to protect his wealthy family and Rudy Giuliani. Oh, Rudy, because, yeah, absolutely. You got to protect Rudy. <laughs> Come on. Because his advisor, Anthony Carbonetti, um, apparently had ties to the Dorians. So, Okay. <clears throat> yeah. 
This defense probably came from the fact that Dorian and his family were tied to the preppy murder where rough sex was used as a defense for Robert Chambers. Mm. Um, I've heard that name. So I, I have heard of this preppy murder before. Okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but the enormous amount of evidence tying little John to the crime ultimately convinced the jury that he was guilty and he was subsequently sentenced to life without parole for the rape and murder of Emmett St. Kian. Nice. Um, thankfully, the Falls Bar was closed down and ended up settling with the Met's family. Her family also sued the Department of Justice and the U.S. Probation and Pretrial Services Program for failure to keep track of Little John, but the suit was dismissed. Um, the federal government did settle with her family, though, for 130000 but that was way, way less than they were suing them for. Well, yeah. This crime inspired the song Pioneer to the Falls by Interpol. Um, okay. Although the lyrics are vague, the title of the song clearly refers to the two bars Amet patronized the night she was killed. As she walked from the Pioneer Bar to the Falls, she had no idea that her life would soon be taken by an absolute monster. And while I can't offer much more commentary on the thought process behind Interpol's lyrics, because they haven't really discussed it, mm-hmm. Um, I can say that Amet's legacy lives on in more ways than just the song. Her murder caused New York to create stricter laws surrounding screening and background checks for bouncers and other bar personnel, and other measures were codified to hopefully create a safer environment for women. Tracking software used to keep track of parolees was inspired by and named after her, and this was actually a stipulation of the settlement with the federal government. They said that they would name the tracking software after her. And pay her $130,000, or I'm sorry, pay the family $130,000 instead of what they were asking for, or somewhere even in between the two. Right, so then maybe, yeah, they get a little bit of money, but what came from this, from what you're telling me, is that, you said the federal government? Yeah. So the federal government came out with this software that's tracking you know, the people that they hope that they release from prison to give them another chance. They're watching them to make sure that they're they're doing what they're supposed to do, and it's based on what happened to her. So there's some good that came out of this, potentially. Yes, well, it's named after what happened to her. I don't really think it was, like, just based on what happened to her. I think they likely would have come out with it, you know, like they were developing the software before and they in her honor. Yes, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um so two scholarships were set up in Amet's name, one at John Jay College of Criminal Justice and another at Boston Latin School. And her family also created the Spirit of Amet Foundation with the mission of supporting education for underprivileged kids. So mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. sad it is really sad especially because she was so close to graduating and she was obviously such like a bright woman she was trying to advocate for the person that was let out on parole yeah exactly right like what a like i'm definitely for prison reform and for trying to rehabilitate people that want help but that i guess that's the thing right like you have to want help to get it yeah but also i think like because I obviously completely agree with her as well mm-hmm. that like we should be rehabilitating people, not just 
locking people up and giving them no rehabilitation and having it be strictly punitive. Right. Um, but I think the problem with like, especially Daryl Little John and what happened with him was he had committed violent crimes and many, then many violent crimes. Yeah. And when they let him out, they didn't track him. Like, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that, um, they admitted to literally not having checked up on him one time since he had been released. So, I mean, like, again, I 100% believe in rehabilitation and I think that people should be given more than one chance depending on the crime. Um, but like, we also need systems in place to like track violent criminals yeah, to protect society, yeah. which is what this is all about. Like, right. That's what, police are for that's what prisons are for that's what jails are for that's what probation is for it's to protect the people well, it's to protect the people as a society right that's what the, it's supposed to be for i that's don't think I mean. that that's actually what it always all of those systems always do in fact i think sometimes those systems hurt more people than they help so i, I agree with you um, I, what i meant was that that's what they're supposed to be for yeah right yeah this is just this is a terrible story. Yeah, it is. It's really, really sad. But if you listen to the Interpol song, it's you can at least tell that it is was inspired by something dark and upsetting. You know, even though the the lyrics aren't super explicit. Right, like super clear about what's happening and Yeah. What happened. Yeah. What I like about this <clears throat> is that there is some good that you know potentially came like potentially some good that came from this like i don't think that that people should have to die for this kind of thing to happen right where you know this software is fast tracked or um you know more widely accepted or or parole agents are are more diligent in their jobs but because it did happen and then at least we can assume that people are more on top of what they're supposed to be doing in those roles. Yeah, and I think her family also worked really, really hard after she was murdered to get these things changed. Like, they put a lot of time and energy into carrying her legacy on and trying to get things implemented to keep women safer. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously they did more than that. They you know, created the scholarships and yeah, the sure. um, foundation in her honor. But um, do you yeah. know if those are still uh, active? Um, yes. So the scholarship at John Jay College um, is still active. And it says here online on their website that graduate students in the master's degree um in criminal justice program who have completed at least 12 credits and have a minimum GPA of 3.7 may be eligible for the Amat St. Gian Memorial Scholarship. Nice. Um, and I'm not sure if the other one is still active, okay. Can, but um, here it says this is related to the John Jay College Scholarship, but mm -hmm. it says scholarship honors slain graduate student. And um, it was a classmate of hers 
who received the scholarship and um, the student said, or the student who received it, her name was Joanna King Vespi. And Mm -hmm. she said through the scholarship and in many other ways, immense passion to challenge and change a broken society will not end with her death, which I think is kind of exactly what I'm trying to say is that like people are carrying her legacy on and um, carrying her values on to continue to help people. That's awesome. Yeah. Everyone who went to school with her, her professors, they all had, like, amazing things to say about her. Um, And, yeah, I just think it's so sad and so fucked up that she was just going out to, like, celebrate her birthday. And she wasn't able to do that safely because... There are people in society who are just so violent towards women. Yeah, I th- I think it's really cool that Interpol heard about this, you know, I guess lesser known crime that inspired them, or at least the lead singer or whoever wrote the song to write this and further her legacy and, and hasn't made it about him or them. Right. Like he didn't expose all of it. He's like, you know, no, just look it up yourselves, you know, like get what you want from it, you know, learn about her. Basically, I just want to say that I think that it's cool that someone heard about this story and wrote a song about it because it meant something to them. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. And that's great. It's also like the title is pretty haunting. Like, pioneer to the falls like i said before that's like describing her last walk from one place to another when you told me the name of the song i did not expect this story right right? yeah now that i like when i tell my friends about pioneer to the falls like it's definitely gonna hold some different weight for me yes yeah I agree. So I'm glad I'm glad I know that and I'm grateful that we did this. She deserves to be remembered. She sounds like she was a great person. Yes, she does deserve to be remembered. Um and this is incredibly tragic and also too common, you know. I agree. So yeah, that's all. all. Go listen to the song. Yeah, I'm going to. Once again, we suggest you do that too. Yeah. Okay. Bye. See you next time. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.